Hey, podcast listeners. This episode of the Andres Segovia Show is an edited version of what was live-streamed on Instagram last week. You're welcome to follow me on Instagram for random lifestyle and personal stuff, but every now and then I'll chime in with something sensitive like this episode you're about to listen to. But where I share my thoughts more openly about this and I engage in conversation is a place like Parlor and Gab, so you can follow me on those places as well if you so choose to. Thank you for listening. You're listening to the Andres Segovia Show. This is my wife. And that is me. Yeah, me without looking this exhausted. I've been really tired. It's been oh, it's been a very long month. Um, reason I showed this picture of my wife and I, we're going to be celebrating 11 years this May. Uh, married. Crazy how fast time flies. We have three beautiful children two of which take more from their mom than they do from me but lucky number three the genetics won out Woo-hoo! so yeah that's a win for me so this when the news cycle of the past 24 36 hours is talking about um hate crimes and um just these despicable attacks against uh, the asian community i could tell you that it hits close to home because I'm married into it. They are my family. But the narrative that the media is pushing forward is not what it is. It's almost like the media waited until an event like this occurred so they can then cover it and say that it's something that it's not. Because this is not anything new. And if you speak to the Asian community, you'll know that they've been trying to bring attention to this for quite a while. And me being from Southern California, there's, this has been going on quite often. So let me list for you the cases that you probably never heard about. And this was a very big concern for my family and I, because you'll find out the context of this. There were several high profile murders that happened in USC, or the grounds in uh, USC and the area around it from 2012 to about 2016 or 2018. Because some of these cases kept going. Uh, what happened uh, in those situations where uh, Chinese students were turning up dead. And in uh, one of the most infamous cases, uh, there was uh, Ming Ku and Ying Wu who were sitting in a BMW in 2003. Uh, 2003 BMW. And uh, they got shot up. Um, a couple of years after that, or about three years after that, there was, uh, let me pull up this other one, Xing Rangji. Uh, he was beaten to death with a bat. Four people were involved in that. Uh, the other suspects were tried and convicted. Same thing with the other case where uh, two suspects were um, arrested and convicted for, for the murder of the other two uh, ch- uh, Chinese students that were, that were killed. The reason I'm bringing this up is because this Asian hate that's being brought up into attention as of yesterday you know, in the social media and all that is being brought up because of the skin color of the perpetrator in Atlanta, Georgia. Notice that I didn't mention the skin color of these other crimes because that's the very reason you didn't hear about it. The suspects that were involved in the beating, the baseball bat beating death of the USC grad student, uh, Shinran Ji, those were Alejandra Guerrero, 
Jonathan del Carmen, Andrew Garcia, and Alberto Ochoa. That doesn't sound like the white racist supremacist group. In fact, this actually paints my people in a bad light. They were all convicted. One of them was a minor at the time. Uh, Alejandra Guerrero was 16, I think. Uh, yeah, she was 16 at the time of the killing. She was sentenced to life in prison. The other high-profile one of the shooting deaths of those that were in the BMW, Ming-Q and Ying, and Ying Wu, I believe their names were. Uh, the two suspects in that were uh, Javier Bolden and, well, in this case, uh, these two were black. Uh, in fact, uh, when one of the victim's uh, parents was up on the stand to address the, the court after the loss of his uh, of his child, uh, Bolden was smiling that the judge called him out on it. The judge said, you should be hanging your head in shame. You have nothing to smile about. And this, thank you to Lada Crowder for putting a montage together on March 9th. These are the high profile cases from uh, earlier this year that you probably didn't hear about. This surveillance footage shows a 71-year-old Asian grandmother violently shoved to the ground, her purse stolen. Just one of several attacks in California's Bay Area recently. A 91-year-old man pushed in Oakland's Chinatown, one of three attacks that day. 84-year-old Thai American Visha Ratanapati knocked right over while out for a walk. He died a few days later mm. from his injuries. His family saying they believe it was rooted in racism. This guy should not be let up back on the street. He should be charged with, with murder. If you see the video, there's nothing non-intentional about it. Asian American leaders say these attacks are a trend, they look not like they isolated Brooks incidents. Brothers. We have been reporting on the growing number of attacks on Asian Americans across this country. And tonight here in New York, a vicious and brutal attack. The suspect allegedly stabbing the victim from behind. The 36-year-old victim, seen here in security camera video, now being reviewed by police, was walking alone when Salman Muflihi allegedly stabs him in the back with this 8-inch knife. Police are investigating another attack on an Asian-American person in Salman Northern California. Salman Muflihi sounds white. Yeah. He's going to lose his Jack Kids sponsorship. February 23rd. <laughs> So, why did you hear about those cases? Why were they not? Why were they not uh, nationwide headline news? The Asian community has been trying to bring attention to this. There are volunteers that were helping uh, members of the elderly uh, Asian community get home, like bodyguards, volunteering their time to just take them and walk them home. And the cases of USC that I told you that were of concern to us was because my wife's cousin was studying at USC when those murders happened. And she's Taiwanese, so she was there. And she had to study very late at night. And she lives in uh, um, 25, 30 minutes uh, out of USC. So she had to walk to her car and make sure she gets home. So for that to, uh, to happen, she was, uh, it was grad school for her. So the, these things were very, very real. No, there was always a genuine concern. And I grew up on those streets. So I know that it can be rough. I mean, it's not the same as it was when I was growing up. But the fact that this stuff still went down, it's, it was just, just always 
heartbreaking. But now the media is taking advantage of this recent attack, which was vile and hateful, and just never any excuse for thing that's stupid, that they're using this as the, the narrative. Never mind that the guy that shot up the places on uh, two nights ago was, uh, was a sex addict, admittedly. No, we got to judge it based on the skin color. But how interesting that the media, in all those videos even too, failed to mention the skin color there. Why did it not mention the, uh, the Hispanics, the blacks, the Middle Easterns that attacked the Asian community? So if it's not white supremacy, what is it then? What is the prejudice? What is the hate that the Asian community is receiving for this, these attacks? There's no reason for it. Look, it's a human condition, an evil human condition. It's in nature. There's no excuse for them like that. So yeah, end Asian hate. But don't let the media tell you something that it's not. Because that's not going to cure a system. It's only going to make things worse. Because it continues to divide. And that's what the media continues to do. Divide us. It doesn't help the situation at all. If the news did their job and we're just objective about everything. Imagine the kind of world we've been, a more informed society, but no, they don't want that. They just want you to hate each other in the name of stopping the hate.